When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment, like no other, it's gonna be sick. Brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPIX for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Marinero, the sick podcast, and you can follow us on all social media platforms. And that includes, of course, Facebook and Instagram at the sick podcast. Like it and share it with your friends. Today, we're talking football, and I'm really happy because we brought in one of the best. He is NFL commentator extraordinaire. Good morning, football on the NFL Network, NFL Today on CBS Sports. Nate Burleson, how you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you having me on. What's going on? It's all good, my man. It's all good. Um, Albertan? Yes. Albertan, yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I was born in uh, Calgary. My dad was playing for the Stampeders. My mom and dad had four boys, and I was the only one out of the four born outside of the U.S. So I'm, I'm a 100% Canadian, and I represent it proudly. But raised in Seattle, correct? Raised in Seattle. Seattle's the hometown, but I have the um, the, the maple leaf and the Canadian flag tattoo, tattooed on me a few times. So where? I'm Canadian. Where? I have it right here. Hold on. Let me there find we go. Uh, there we go. Right there. So you see the maple right there. Yeah. Good. And, and then I have it. I have the flag on my uh, on my leg. What was uh, what's uh, your 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 most fondest memory of actually uh, Canada? When did you leave for Seattle? Well, I left when I was a little I was a little kid. I was actually a baby. But when I um, when I was younger, I, I think my first ever memory was when I was able to realize what my dad did for a living. He was a former football player that was working a nine to five in a warehouse. And then I started rummaging through his boxes and I found all of these jerseys and they were red and, and they were they were bright and vibrant. And I remember putting on wristbands and, and his jacket and his jersey. And I just kept seeing Stampeders, Stampeders, Stampeders. So for a long time, there wasn't a separation between the NFL and the CFL. So when people would ask me, like, what do I want to do? I'm like, I want to go to the CFL. And they're like, well, that's that, that's odd that you would want to go to CFL when the Seattle yeah. Seahawks are like right here locally. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care about this, the NFL. I want to do what my dad did. I want to play where my dad played. Wow. So there was always this um, this fondness that I had of uh, Canadian football. And then as I got older, you know, I was able to drive across the border to Vancouver and then I, I was able to kick it in Toronto. There's still so many places in Canada that I actually haven't been. So maybe you can hook me up, man. I need to go to Montreal. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I need to, I need to go to Quebec. I, 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 need, I need some, I need some hood passes. So you gotta, you gotta send me over there and, and make sure I'm good. It'll be my pleasure, my man. You come to Montreal or the province of Quebec and I promise you, I'll hook you up, and I'm good. For right. it. I'm gonna hold you to that. I'm serious. Uh, you know what? And I, 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 I hope you do. Put it that all right. way. All right. I travel across the border often. I'm in Toronto all the time. Right. I do a lot of stuff with Tim and Sid over there. You know what I'm saying? So 
um, you know, I, I'm definitely going to hold you to that. Can't wait for everything to open up here, and maybe you and I can hang for a day or so. I'm not yeah. that much of a news. Yeah. I'll bring you to. I'll bring you for some good food. I promise you that. All right, with I'm a foodie. With uh, Nate Burleson, we're talking football, and of course, the Sick Podcast brought to you by my bookie. Use code Sick Picks for a fifty percent deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. You talked about the fact that you wanted to do what your dad did, which is awesome. At any point, did he either force it on you a little bit, kind of uh, really encourage you while you were doing it, show you some of the tricks of the trade? Was he a coach of yours by chance? He was a coach of mine, but it was actually in basketball and baseball. And then when wow. I started playing football, um, you know, I, I I just I wanted to play because my friends played and my older brothers played. Yeah. And I wasn't that kid that you saw in, in the sixth or seventh grade and thought, oh, he's going to be in the NFL. I was tall. I was skinny. I didn't really like hitting. Um, and then I remember my eighth grade year, uh, we were getting ready for football season and I'm all excited. My dad pays the fees and he gets me the shoulder pads. And and the day we were supposed to go to practice, I told him I didn't want to play. I just didn't want to run in the sun. I didn't want to get hit. And wow. I, I saw the disappointment kind of like roll over his face. And I remember thinking to myself, like, damn, like, I, 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 should, I should probably play anyway, e- even if I don't necessarily like it right now. Yeah. My, my gut was like, you know what, Nate, if you don't want to play, you don't have to play. And credit to my father, because I think this was a pivotal moment for me. My dad listened to me and he accepted it. Because you know how it is with kids, like sometimes a kid – yeah. To do something to rebel against their father or their mother. So yeah. if my dad would have forced me to play football, who knows? Maybe I would have got upset and said, man, screw it. I don't want to play football. Why did he make me play football? And I would have never picked up the pigskin again. Um, and I made it even worse because halfway through the season, I was like, dad, I miss football. He calls the coaches and I go up there in the car. I'm looking from the car onto the field, watching my my teammates, former teammates, run around the field. And I said, actually, dad, I don't want to play. And I and as a parent, now I'm a parent now. I have a 16-year-old, 14-year-old, and a 10-year-old. That would have drove me crazy. Like yeah. I would have been screaming, barking, yelling. But my dad, he kind of just like bit his lip and he's like, all right. And, w- and we went back home. And that was the year I had a gap season in football. And I returned my freshman year in high school and I just missed it so much that I never left it alone. And wow. to this day. I mean, you know, consider the fact that I work in TV talking football yeah. since that since that freshman year, I've never left the sport of football. That was uh, that was some good parenting and a good move by your dad there. So good on him. Uh, and it, it turned out to be when all was said and done uh, uh, as a player, an 11 year NFL career with the Vikings, the Seahawks and the Lions. I bet. Cool. Uh, some touchdowns to go with it. Good for you. The um, yeah. the best experience you had of those three. Which one? You know, I, I I loved playing for the Vikings because they drafted me, and it was unique playing in the Midwest. That yeah. Midwest was different. I mean, if you've never been to the Midwest, they just cheer different. They 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 have a, a different connection with their teams, and it's not just football. Everything from baseball, basketball, shit, hockey. You know, it's yeah, it, it's a, it's a different energy. Um, Seattle was nice because I was home. You know, to play in front of like my 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 hometown fans. For but sure. Detroit, Detroit was like special to me because I identify with the underdog. Like that's that's my personality. I don't I don't want to be highly praised and then have to deliver what you think that I was supposed to. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I walk around like a confident lion, ready to conquer any jungle I am. But I identify with people underestimating me. 
So playing in Detroit, it was unique in a sense that when I got there, the, the culture was terrible. And people looked at this team as the armpit of the NFL. And we were kind of like the joke. And I mean, there were certain guys that played against us in like in private conversations. They would tell me playing against you guys were, were, were like a homecoming game. We just knew we were going to win. And that drove me crazy. So I, I did everything within my power to bring a certain attitude and energy to Detroit. And me, along with some other guys and other coaches, we we started a, a new wave. And then Calvin Johnson went crazy. And Matt Stafford grew up into a young man on the field. And it, it became a really cool time to be in Detroit. And I, I feel like they're still trying to recapture that magic. He's Nate Burleson. I'm Tony Marinero. Nate, you're such a great communicator and great conversation with obviously no coincidence doing what you do. But were you always like that when you were playing? Were you this good an interview? Were you this good a communicator? I would say yes. Um, yeah. but it, it was more in the sense that I was um, I was the, the, the cliche driven, charismatic wide receiver that loved to hear himself talk. Mm-hmm. I can be completely transparent with you. And most of our yeah. receivers were divas. We we love the limelight. We love the stage. But there was a moment where I realized there had to be something deeper than the cliche. So I really started to think a little bit in, intrinsically and, and figure out how can I communicate with the reporters and the journalists in a way that the yeah. guys in the locker room are. Because there was a deep respect I have for their craft. Like you walk into a locker room. When the team is winning, it's easy to get a conversation out of a guy. But when we were losing, you still had to step up in there, put a microphone in front of a guy's face who was clearly frustrated and do your job and get the story. So I I thought that was a very cool job. (laughs) And my appreciation really turned into my job because so many years later, I am that. So speaking of wide receivers, who's the best wide receiver in the NFL today? And does he happen to be your favorite wide receiver? And if so, why? And if not, why not? That's tough, man. Um, I would say number one is Stefan Diggs because he's such a good route runner. And listen, you don't accidentally lead the league in catches and, and, and yards yeah. and, not be, and not be claimed as the best wide receiver. The second best um, is a toss-up between DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams. Um, yeah. Michael Thomas is in a, in a close fourth, but uh, you know Stefan Diggs is just a fantastic talent. And he's not, he's not like a 4-2 guy. He's not jumping a 45-inch vertical. He's not – Calvin Johnson, 6'5". So consider all of those things, and he's still cooking dudes out there on the field. Yeah, and he and Allen were such a great combination to watch this year. They were like really exciting, and they had a great season, right? Almost pulled they it did. off. Lost they by did. a couple of touchdowns to the Chiefs. And, and Buffalo uh, being so close to Canada, I know, I know a lot of Canadians identify with the Buffalo. Yeah, you're right about that. When you played, who was the guy that you would watch and you would say, oh, my God, this guy's got talent off the charts well i was blessed to play with randy moss yeah i was at nevada reno watching tapes of randy moss running routes at practice in a marshall uniform i mean my coach used to show that to me and i used to look at randy moss like this mythical creature how how, how some would look at bigfoot or the abominable snowman or or a a loch ness monster or a mermaid i would look at randy moss like that because he was he was such a mythical creature that was so good on the field that I just knew at the very least uh, I was watching greatness. And my mind, I thought I would never actually meet the dude. Then you fast forward to the draft. I slipped to the third round and I'm on the same team with this guy. So imagine walking into the locker room and watching the rock star that you 
you know, idolized on stage for so many years. Cool. Um, so I was starstruck, but I also learned a lot from him. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, you know, I see Randy Moss, you know, often and we text occasionally and I'm like, look, you know, I, I mimicked you on the field and I learned so much from you as a football player. And now you're in TV and I'm in TV. So um, it's funny how our paths have taken a little bit of the same journey. You know what that means, huh? Randy Moss is going to be next up on the sick podcast, I guess. There you go, <laughs> man. They're mimicking each other. He's got to do it next. I'm going to have to hook y'all up. Hey, I, I would love that. Yesterday, uh, we got word that Ben Roethlisberger actually um, decided to get a pay cut and now shave some money off that salary. And so there's more money to spend there on the cap for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are you surprised after the way the season ended for the Steelers after a great start, but a very bad ending? Are you surprised that Big Ben is back for another year in Pittsburgh? No, because if you look at Big Ben and what he did, um, he played well in the beginning of the season. They were not 11 and 0. Like we can't yeah. we can't disregard the fact that they were playing good football. Let me give you some numbers. So Big Ben over the first part of the season had 22 touchdowns, four interceptions. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of the season including the playoffs, he had 15 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So of course, there's a dramatic drop off in consistency and and the the touchdown to turnover ratio. But what does that tell you? That tells you that Big Ben was doing too much at his age. There's no way a quarterback at his age should be throwing 40, 50, 60 times at one point in the season. So, um, you know, restructuring a deal is great for Ben to cut cut his salary from what uh, 19 to 14 million. One, let me just say, it's still great money. Congratulations sure. to Big Ben. You're making 14 million. Yeah. Um, secondly, um, and I said this on the show, and you know, I'm critical of Big Ben because he deserves to be. He's a talented Hall of Famer, and if you're still playing, we hold you to a high standard because you showed us that. I played against him. I know how great he is. So I said it like this. It's great to cut your salary to help the team, and it's good to cut your beard to have a different look, which he did this last offseason. It's even great to cut your weight, you know, and he looked a little bit more svelte. He's going to have to cut the mistakes going into this upcoming season. And if he could do that, that 11-0 can turn into a Super Bowl run instead of turning into an abrupt loss in the playoffs. Well said. Big Ben plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you want a Pittsburgh Steelers hoodie or any other team, go to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Use code SICKHOODIES15 for 15% off of all hoodies. Joe Montana said this a couple of days ago. He probably didn't have to say it, but now it's kind of like official. He said, Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. I don't think I'm going to get much of an argument from you, but I will ask you this. Are you prepared to say, because I am, there will never, ever be another Tom Brady. I thought Ooh. about this for a while. Yeah. And a few years ago, I would have said, no, no way. The way that teams are set up, the way that athletes are so money hungry and they're quick to change places, locations for money um, and success I don't think there's a guy that's going to be able to stick around long enough to make that type of impact in one location and have that type of run like Tom Brady did. I mean, that's some that's some Bill Russell stuff. You know what I mean? That's like Boston Celtics back in the day. Yeah. But recently I've changed my tune and it's Patrick Mahomes signed that 10 year deal. Yeah. Like football for the first time in a long time. And maybe this is the beginning of a new era of payment. 
the football contracts are starting to look like baseball contracts. Yeah. You remember it was let's give an athlete on the football field a short amount of guaranteed money yeah. and let's burn them out and then we'll disregard them and, and yeah. talk to the side. Now imagine this. Patrick Mahomes, he went to back-to-back Super Bowls. He won one. Say over the next eight years, he wins two more, right? He sticks around for another run of, you know, six or seven years and wins three or four more. That's that's the same type of thing. Now, the reason I say that we might see a quarterback like Tom Brady is because teams are more apt to stick with their superstars. Let me add this last nugget. The quarterback position is almost a a stress-free position. Like this isn't this isn't the seventies or the eighties or the nineties. Uh-huh. If you're if you're a quarterback in the NFL right now, you can last till you're forty. If I would have told you a quarterback was going to play till he's forty in two thousand, you would have been like, "Nature, out of your damn mind." But if I tell you now, you're like, "Well, yeah, they do protect the quarterback. You can't slam him on the ground. You can't hit him low. You can't go high low. You can't do any late hits. You can't hit him in the head. You can't face mask him." Okay, the game has changed. So it's changed in order to protect a quarterback. So if Pat Mahomes plays 20 years, I bet you he has a chance to win seven Super Bowls. Well, that's not bad. I just think it's so hard to get there. And mind you, he got there. And look, I should probably I, I should probably leave the door open because he's a phenomenal quarterback. And Brady himself lost three times in the Super Bowl. It's right. just for me, I'm fresh off of his loss versus Brady. And I'm like, if he would have won that one, I probably would bet on it. But seeing as he lost, I probably won't. Listen, no, I know my Patrick, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes has been in the league, what, three years? Yeah. He's he's given us an MVP season with 55 yep. touchdowns. Um, he's won a Super Bowl. And then the following season, he went back to a Super Bowl. So if we're just if we're just bet this is Vegas and we're yep. Shaking the dice and betting the odds. If you're just looking statistically and seeing where his, his career is trending, yeah, it seems like we could be, you know, that guy that says, "All right, he, he could end up doing something amazing." And not to mention, like as far as pure gifts, like physical gifts, yeah, Mahomes is much more gifted than Brady. The question is, one, will he continue to push himself? And hold himself to a standard of discipline like Brady has done over the last 15 years. And two, will he have a consistent base of coaching? Because one of the biggest strengths that Brady has ever had was the simple fact that he was able to look into a playbook. Just imagine this. All right. So I'll give you an example. All right. So this is this is a rookie, right? Looking at the playbook. And the coach yeah. is like, all right, look, Rook, I'm out to, we're gonna run these plays. This this is all we got. And the Rook's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was doing a study and I know these plays. Tom Brady, after, after three or four years, hold up, let me, let me bring you back. Hold up, I lost you for a second. Okay. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, after a few years, was like, all right, so we're going to make a halftime adjustment. We got this page, this page, this page, and this page. After 15 years with the Patriots, they would make a halftime adjustment, and it's, Hey yo, we're gonna. What do you want to do, Tom? What Tom? What do you want to do? They're playing cover two and they're doubling the slot. What do you want to do? And Tom's like, all right, well let's. You know what? You remember the play we ran back in two thousand four up against uh, the 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 Broncos? Yeah, let's go to that one. These rookies don't have that luxury. That's why rookies struggle and coaches struggle when they're talking to a rookie. Yeah. Halftime adjustments, sideline adjustments. 
all that is is the amount of knowledge you have packed in. Like adjustment. What does an adjustment mean? It means I'm reaching into my pocket and I'm yeah. grabbing out the adjustment. The luxury the Patriots had, the luxury Tom Brady had, is that they had a whole phone book of adjustments. So Patrick Mahomes is going to need that type of phone book of knowledge 10, 15 years from now in order to still compete with Tom Brady. And I'll tell you what, if it's Eric, Andy Reid or Eric Bieniemy, they'll have a shot. What a treat this was. Uh, good morning football on NFL Network, NFL Today on CBS Sports. Nate Burleson, you're so good at what you do. And uh, thanks for accepting this invitation and an open invitation anytime for you to join us on the Sick Podcast. Thanks, my brother. Let's do it again. All right. I'll hold you to it. He's Nate Burleson. I'm Tony Marinaro. You just listen and watch. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Sick Podcast. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid.